1: Welcome to Recovery Sort Of. It's Jason. I'm a guy in long-term recovery, and I'm here with Billy.
0: And I'm also a person in long-term recovery.
1: And we're here today. We're, we're going to talk about the idea or concept of we are the role models in our house for, you know, giving God to our children, basically, for giving them an idea, concept, some starting point to go with. Um, and how do we do that if we are not religious? Before we get into that, though, we did want to talk about our last week's topic just a little bit. We had talked about relationships, and then we had a, a really fun interactive post on Twitter where people had a lot of different ideas. You know, we asked for crucial relationship information, and, and we got a lot of feedback for that. So we want to just address some of those things. Some of the concepts are pretty interesting, and, you know, I guess we're, we're probably going to debate whether we like them or not. Uh, so one person said they learned to be solid with themselves living on their own and not in any relationship. And if you feel you need to change the other person, don't get into a relationship and you should compliment each other. Not that you were going to like all their habits. And I, I think that's solid stuff. I can't really necessarily argue with any
0: of that. Can you? Or? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I mean, you know, that path of learning to be okay with yourself in recovery can be difficult, but you know, some of us bring those skills in when we get here (laughs) like, and you know, we can get into relationships and and not lose the people that we are. Mm. Yeah. I was not that guy. I definitely (laughs)
1: was losing me. As soon as I got in, I I was, you know, around the girl, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I immediately lost contact with all my friends the day I met her. So I, I
0: couldn't keep myself separate in any way, shape or form. And another, so I read a similar one that I really liked and you know, I said, well, I think it ties pretty close into that or similar into that. It was from Five Blue Buttons said, don't give up your own happiness, path, well-being, sense of self for someone else. Being in a relationship means working together to both become the best self you can be. And I really like that. Um, Now, it's interesting for me in in my whatever experience in relationships um, I've shared before. I got into a relationship. Early in recovery, I had four months clean or so. And the person I got involved with had like 12 years in recovery. So they had a very established, you know, recovery. Um, in our fellowship, they call that 13th step sometimes. I don't know, you know, I don't buy into all that shit because, of course, in our case, it worked out fine. And um, But one of the things that's interesting, what we were just talking about, and this idea just crossed my mind, is that when I came into recovery – I really didn't have an identity because mm-hmm. I, my whole identity and everything that I knew about myself was a using person. You know, right. everything I liked to do was get high. Everything that I did for fun revolved around getting high. So when I came into recovery, you know, it was easy to sort of latch on to like going to meetings and hanging out because I was developing this whole new identity anyway. Right when you got here, if we if we want to know where to cop, we'll ask you, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Pretty much so. What we do. I didn't have a, a strong identity when I got here. And I, I mean, I don't know, in my case, it might have worked out in my benefit because the person I got involved with was very strong in recovery, very connected to NA, you know, had a very active program. So those were things that I latched on and we would go to meetings together and hung out together. Um, so that helped me identify my, you know, find my identity. That's funny. As just a little aside, the guy,
1: uh, five blue buttons that you just mentioned, he just had a post the other day that said he's trying to go to an AA meeting. And in order to go there, you can't just show up in the country he's in. You have to send them an email with your name and like birthday or something crazy. Like you're identifying information. And he was like, (laughs) I thought this was anonymous. I was like, what the fuck? And so everybody's like, that's crazy. I've never heard. I think he's in Denmark or something like that. It was really weird. I'm like, that is some wild shit. And I I asked him, I was like, please report back. I want to know more about this. Right. Um, so the next, the next thing, Mr. T bear said, don't date till you've been sober at least a year. You know, the stock information we usually hear in a meeting and immediately following that, uh, Deirdre Winberg said, this is actually shit advice, which I thought was hilarious. Right. (laughs) I, I think it's debatable. I, I don't necessarily agree that the time frame thing is that important, and I believe somebody else said that on here. I can't find it right this second, but it was you know don't put time frames. Uh, oh, don't put rules or timelines around getting into a relationship. That was actually uh, Deirdre Winberg again. So, you know that was her idea, and I and I get that right. Like that one year time frame does not do anything in particular. If I came to and got clean for a year and did no step work and didn't change at all that year didn't mean shit for me. Right. Like I also can see the other side of trying to, if somebody came in and I said, Hey, work seven steps before you get in a relationship. And then they work step one and it took them three months to work it. They're going to be like three months times seven, 21 months. Like what? I'm not going to get in a relationship for two years. Fuck no, That's crazy. (laughs) Right. Uh, I I think it's a kind of a, a simplistic way of, Hey, get to know
0: yourself. Right. I think that's the kind of goal about it. What What do you take on that? Well, there's so many variables that make any quote unquote stock advice hard. I mean, who are you picking as your partner? You know what I mean? Like you could be the most honest person with the best integrity and have great commitment and all this other stuff. And if you're involved with someone who's a liar and a cheat and, you know, doesn't hold or share those same values, it's never going to work. And it doesn't matter. You could have fifteen years clean and work the steps five times. And, you know, so it's not always all about us. It's you know, mm-hmm. it's about what tools do we bring to the table and how do we um and I can't remember now, but someone in one of the posts said something about boundaries and I was like, Yeah, boundaries are so key, you know, sure. to knowing like and I'm gonna combine a couple of different posts, a couple of different <laughs> information. Uh another Uh, guy had said he had asked his sponsees to write down the values they Mm. were looking at in a relationship. And I had heard that before. Of course, I didn't do that there, Um, but I did that with the priest that married us, the the pastor that married us had to sit down and do that. And I think that idea is really good. Um, The downside to doing it once I was already in a relationship is I was probably somewhat uh, skewed towards values that I felt like her and I shared. But I would say, you know, when I read that, I thought, wow, that would be really good for people to sit down and write down the values that they're looking for in a relationship. And then when they get into a relationship, pull that list out and see if it meets those values. Because so many times we'll say, these are my values. These are what I think is important. These are the qualities that I'm looking for in another person you know, as a guy. And then some good looking girl comes along and all of a sudden three of them values go well, out the fucking window. because You know, right. They don't matter that much. <laughs> or we're still in that infatuation phase where we, you know, we don't even realize that we've, chucked a couple of our values out the window right you know because we're in this infatuation stage of this relationship and we're quote-unquote blinded by love colorblind to the red flags yeah.
1: for sure, right. yeah. so i i guess i can say this uh big booby waifu wagon <laughs> which <laughs> is a hilarious name um they said, first year get a rock. If you have that after a year, get a plant. If the plant's not dead after a year, get a dog. If you have the dog after a year, you can think about dating. And don't fish in a polluted pond, right? And and I'd heard something along those lines before. Uh, ah, that's a long time for me to go without dating. I don't know that I would wait that long. But I, again, I think I think all these suggestions have some basis in a point, right? Like yeah. take some time, get to know yourself, learn how to care for something before you go
0: hurting people. Yeah, and, and I get that. What is a polluted pond? You know what I mean? Like that's a because it's a little stigmatizing. So that well, not only that, but we have this sorta of preconceived notion that, you know, quote unquote earth people are good at relationships. And there you know, a lot of them are just as, you know, likely to cheat and be dishonest or not have the same values that we do as anyone else. I mean, obviously as addicts, we're not picking from the emotionally healthiest pool of people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not good at relationships. They could just be emotionally damaged in other areas. Don't fish on earth. That's what that means. (laughs) Only date aliens. Uh, So uh, addictivist,
1: which I, I always try to decide if I like his name or not, but he's pretty funny. He did say the door on the left leads to getting okay with you followed by the unknown Well, the one on the right is immediate sex and likely chaos. And I I think that kind of summed up what you were just talking about a little bit. Uh, You know, I I definitely chose the, hey, I want what I want now, right? Sex felt good.
0: Relationships, validation felt good. I don't want to wait for that kind of stuff. Well, not only that, just being clear about what you want. Like maybe you only want sex relationships and you're not looking for a long-term relationship early in recovery. You're like, hey, I'm just having fun and living life and I want to go sleep around and have a good time and that's completely okay as long as you're not you know misrepresenting not necessarily even to the other person but not misrepresenting what you want for yourself you know what i mean are you really secretly looking for a long-term relationship but you're just saying that shit because it's cool and convenient Mm. or you know are you really the other way around are you really just looking to sleep around, but you're saying you want commitment, and long-term relationship to get the girl and then hurting a bunch of people in the process. Right. It's that self-honesty that's important with that stuff. It's like, you know, what am I looking for? What do I want? And then just being honest and going out and getting that and not placing judgments on it.
1: Right. And here's where I can see the whole staying out of relationship for a year concept. And, and maybe that's not true for everybody, but for me, for sure, when I got here, it was the same as right before I got here, right before I got here, I I was going to get clean tomorrow and and things were going to get better. And I kept lying to myself and believing it, right. Living in that denial. And so when I got here, it was the same thing. I'm going to be good and treat this girl, right. And we'll be together forever. And then a week later, I didn't want her anymore. Right. And it was that same lot. How did I end up here again? I
0: don't mean to hurt people, but I
1: just, I can't even be honest with myself. I keep living here. And maybe a year would I help me get some space from that.
0: Yeah. And and being honest about what your own track record is Mm -hmm. in relationships, being honest about who and what you are, you know, with yourself. I mean, again, I didn't necessarily come in with some of the same issues as other people, so I didn't have some of the same struggles as other people. You know, I've never really struggled with a sex and love addiction. You know, again, not that I couldn't. It just wasn't something that I've ever really struggled with. So I don't have that as part of my story. Well, I hadn't struggled
1: with it when I got here. I was too busy getting high. I was turned yeah. down. <laughs> right. uh, so I, I don't remember that from before, but I, I did learn that once I got here and started trying, that's for sure. There's um, here, some other good ones in here. Uh, Sean O'Dongale. I don't even know. Uh, don't get involved with anyone for at least a year. We need to have an honest relationship with yourself first, get to know the real you that's,
0: critical stuff. Compromise. Um, But I I guess I struggle with some of that too, of like honest relationship with yourself. Mm. Like that takes years to, that doesn't happen. It does. You know, overnight. That's, I don't even think I, in my first year clean, I knew about myself. And even now, you know, I'm still figuring out things about myself as I delve deeper into step work and, you know, therapy and different Things, meditation. You know, I just started meditating, you know, regularly in the last couple of years of my recovery. And this process of meditation has been a completely eye opening for me on certain behaviors, certain mm-hmm. beliefs, certain uh, impulses that I have, you know, gaining the ability to kind of sit back and observe some of this stuff. Um, and I didn't get that till I had 10, 11 years clean you know right, right. so this it there's always a development of a relationship with self
1: and that's so tricky so uh we talked a little bit last week i think i mentioned the idea of people who come into recovery and their partner is not maybe one of us they're they're an earthling but they dated them while they were in active use and like what in the hell is wrong with them to want to date an active <laughs> right. using person um but just that whole concept okay so i i am on my Second step, right? Early in recovery, I got three months clean. I'm on my second step, and I meet an earthling, and we decide we're going to get married. Well, that's great. They're right on my level, right? Birds of a feather flock together. Water seeks its own level. We're at the same place, and maybe we are way healthier than anything I've ever had. But fast forward 20 years, and I'm on my fifth time through the steps and much more spiritual than I was at two months clean on my second step or three months, whatever I said, and this earthling hasn't really progressed a whole lot in that area. A little bit, right? People, we don't have a monopoly right. on growth in the <laughs> right. world. But, people grow
0: other ways, right?
1: Right. But maybe not the way I have. So now I don't have as much in common with them. And so I, I always tend to try to tell my sponsees and, and other people who have that you know information that like, it's possible that you're going to outgrow people around here. And we frequently right. do, we outgrow other people in the fellowship, but All the time, right? at the same time. So what does that mean? Do I wait till I'm 98 and right before I die to get in a relationship? Because that's my final <laughs> <Right>. state <laughs> and of I know growth that I know, right? Cause right. like you said, there's always going to be more five years from now. I'll know more about me than I do now. So do I just keep waiting forever?
0: I don't have that kind of answer. Yeah. I don't think anyone does. You know, I don't, I really don't think they do. and, and, Another misconception in relationships is there's times there's going to be hard. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be challenges. Right. Um, my wife and I have been together, you know, f- well, we've been together 18 plus years um, and we've had struggles. You know, we've had times we've talked about separating um, we've had times where we've, you know, thought, oh, this is, you know, we should be done. Uh, we've talked about going to counseling. We've read several books on relationships and, mm-hmm. and you know, done all the different exercises in a bunch of those books. You know, it's like it's taken a lot of work and it's not always good. You know, there are some bad and, and down times and. You know, who's to say when you're supposed to throw in the towel? I mean, obviously we haven't and we've worked through it and we're, I think, stronger and better for it. Um, And and those are in line with my values. I mean, to be honest, and I hope she doesn't get mad at listening to this, you know, but there's been a few times where I've said, well, I'm going to stay in this for my kids. You know, I'm going to stay in this for them because I feel like I owe it to them as a parent. And that's just a value that I have. It doesn't it's not a right or wrong. It's not a judgment on anyone else for people right. that leave or decide to stay. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that value, you know, helped me to stay in this relationship. And I'm glad that I did because I love my wife and I, I'm glad that we're still together. Right. Um, you know, but there isn't an easy answer as to when to stay or when to go or what's going to work for each other. Um, and then, and the other thing he said, I don't know about the water seeks its own level. I mean, I guess I get the idea. I mean, my problem there is, well, who gets to decide what that level is? You know, like in my case, my wife had 12 years clean, had worked the steps at least I think twice by the time. And I had come in with four months clean and just got a sponsor and was maybe on my first or second or third step at that point. Does that mean I was really good or that she was really sick? You know, like what, you know, what, where's the level? And so probably neither of those, that's hilarious though. Uh,
1: It's probably more of an emotional attachment level, right? And just you, for whatever reason, were on the level that suited her emotional attachment needs. Um, And and I guess looking at it from that lens, it's not quite as a. This is the sick person. This is the well person (laughs) kind of idea. I think we're we're, all at levels of sick. Right. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, definitely. We're all below zero, right? (laughs) I don't think any of us are at 100. Um, Just to kind of wrap up the romantic relationship conversation, Chelsea said something that kind of hit home with me and I think is a little important. Um, It's okay to be alone and have your own time. Also, if you are comfortable being alone and don't need someone else, usually the right person will come into sight take care of you and good things happen. And uh, along those same lines, I think really what what stood out to me, and she didn't quite say this exactly, but I think what she was getting at is if I'm okay living by myself, right? And then I date, I now have the option to evaluate this partner of mine and decide if they're good for me. And I already know I'm okay by myself, so I'm not stuck with them, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I think I missed a lot early on was that I felt like I could not leave a relationship because then what would I do? have to sit by myself? I can't do that yet. Right. And so I did it kind of the wrong backwards way. And and I think it's really crucial. If we are comfortable alone, we now have the decision to be in a relationship. We're not stuck in a relationship.
0: Right. And that gets back to, you know, being able to uh, maintain our values and, and have integrity in the values that we have in our relationship and decide like, look, you know, this relationship, is in alignment with my values or it's not in alignment with our values and i can walk away you know um another part of that and it's it's basic you know sort of quote unquote recovery 101 is sometimes just doing like an honest inventory of our relationship and writing down like pros and cons list you know what i mean like what's going good in this relationship what's going bad in this relationship you know how does this kind of fall in line with what my values are and and is this what I really want to be doing right now? Right, right.
1: So to, that's, we, uh, we'll we wrap up the romantic relationships portion with that, and we'll move into this week's topic. Um, so, Billy, I, I text Billy, I think it was yesterday, right? And I yeah, and I said, uh, no, maybe two days ago, maybe it was Friday. And I was just, I said, man, uh, what are we going to talk about this week? And, and Billy was like, I don't know. We've been kind of talking about the idea of giving our children God if you don't have a religion. And this really sparked, uh, it sparked my interest, right? Not completely at first, but I was like, what, what does that even mean? Um, my children are just going to get God because I believe in God and children pick up on what parents do. And that's, that's that, right? I don't, what do you mean without religion? And so I I had to think about this a little more. and And the concept that when you have a religious practice of religion, right? You go there on Sundays, maybe you go there another day during the week, maybe they have a Bible study, maybe your kids go to a a Sunday school or or CCD if you're Catholic or whatever it is, and all these different ideas, but they get exposed to a lot of teaching about God or some religious practice, right? And when you're spiritual, uh, for me at least, that doesn't really show in public a whole lot in the God sense right? I'm, I don't, I've had some conversations with my kids about it here and there. Like, this is what I believe. And this is how I try to be. I know I don't do it perfectly, but I just kind of thought it would rub off on them. And and I, you said the word earlier, osmosis, right? (laughs) And I I had posted that on something. I thought they would just kind of get it. (laughs) And so I went and I asked them, you know, we talked about it. I asked them, do you believe in God? And what do you know about God? And Severely disappointed by the transfers. <laughs> like, Fuck, I ruined this, and so maybe you can ruin it. Right, uh, maybe you can talk about where that topic came from for, for in your family.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, over our years uh, in recovery, my wife and I have been involved in different churches for different reasons. I've I, so I was raised Catholic. I sort of had an aversion to. God and religion when I got clean. I think it's a lot of Catholics do. You get really turned off to the whole thing. So I was sort of, you know, almost actively atheist at the, you know, when I was using like, fuck God and, yeah, you know, that like sort of thing. Atheist. Yeah, angry atheist Um, at the end of my using. And so when I came into recovery, as with a lot of people, I had a lot of struggles with, you know, this God concept and a lot of preconceived ideas, work through some of that through step work you know, work through some of that, um, and then actively became involved in church, you know, got involved actually with a Christian church, um, went what I would say not extreme, but pretty hardcore. We got involved with like a home group and we're going there every week and, you know, really, uh, connected to this church and religious teachings and, and the Bible, you know, specifically Christian values and, in, in the Bible. Um, and then sort of ran into some challenges, for that for me personally and drifted away and over the years we've kind of checked out a couple different churches and like a lot of i think almost all the religions at the core i think a lot of them have some really good values some really good teachings there's some really uh worthwhile things to look at and investigate and learn out of those but when it gets to some of the you know this is the rule, hardcore rule kind of thing about you can't like these kind of people or these people are wrong or this group's gone to hell and we're the only ones that got the secrets to get into heaven. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff loses me, you right. know, and I just can't buy in. I'm not in. Um, so I've drifted away from churches over the years. And so recently my wife has talked about going back to church and, you know, she is a Christian, which is, Fine with me. I'm not trying to convince her of anything. I don't even know if I'm fucking right. I could be completely (laughs) wrong. And now my soul's going to burn in hell for eternity. I don't really know. Um, But she wants to go back to church. And so we were kind of talking about that and whether we should make our kids go or not, because she's asked them like, hey, I'm going to start going to church. Do you want to go? And all three of them were kind of like, no, not really, <laughs> you know. And they've been involved with churches over the years. Right. Um, They've been to Sunday schools and, you know, all that stuff. And none of them were interested in going. And so then it was, do we force them to go? Do we kind of say, well, you have to go because we want you to learn this stuff. And then her and I went down the discussion of, well, I don't know if I want them to go and learn that stuff, especially if it's not what they believe, because I don't I'm not going to try to sell them on a book of information that I don't fucking buy into, you know Mm. what I mean? Like I'm not going to give them some stuff I don't agree with and then support that. Right. Um, So the conversation came up, well, what, you know, what do you think your kids know about God? And if they're not going to church or some religious place, where do you think they get these values and principles about God? Um. And, and this was in the selling point
1: of they should have to go to church, like because if they don't, where are they going to get it?
0: I don't think she was trying to sell me on they should go to church. This is just a just a conversation okay. we were having. Okay. And so, you know, she, she sort of threw back and this is something we've talked about. You know, I am the, the thermostat for my house. I am the thermostat for my family. I'm the leader. I'm the role model. I'm right. the you know, what they should be looking to for guidance and direction in all these areas. And so what am I doing to give them, you know, if what information they need about God? And do they even know what I believe about God? Are we, do we even have a clear understanding of what it is that I believe? And so that they know what I believe and what they believe, you know, it's like, and so it, I was curious. So I, she says, well, why don't we just ask him so that I've taken it upon myself in the last week or so to have some conversations with my kids about God. And I'll preface this by saying, you know, as a parent, there's no real book to parenting or what a great parent is or whatever else. So my take on, and I've read a bunch of stuff and listened to a bunch of stuff and tried to figure out, because like most things, I want to be the best. I want to be the rightest of the right yes. in all my parenting skills. This is where I love you. And, uh, <laughs> I, you know, what I've come to believe, just my own whatever, and I don't, didn't read this in any book because it's way oversimplified. I couldn't write a book on the fucking idea, but it's like my goal as a parent is just to help them be the best version of themselves that they can be. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't even necessarily to convince them of my values. You know, it isn't to tell them, I believe this and you should believe this too. Right. It's to help them figure out who they are and what's important to them what values they like in their life, and how to pursue and achieve those values. Because I think that's what's going to lead them to happiness.
1: How very NA steps of you. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) right. And and that's where those principles come from. It's like when I sponsor guys in recovery, and I tell them this all the time, and I don't think they get it, but I tell them in the beginning this is your journey to figure out who you are. You know, I'm not trying to sell you on what I am and what I believe and what I know, you know, I'm here to help you figure out what's important to you and to be the best version of you. And ultimately I think that's, what's going to make you happy. And, that's what's going to make me happy. I don't want to be a carbon copy of my sponsor. He may do some things or believe some stuff or think some ideas that I don't agree with. Right. And that's fine. I don't, you know, that's that's he can still help me. He still has value to my life. I can still talk to him about things and um but if I just try to be an exact copy of him, you know, I might not be happy in that. So I feel like with my kids, what's most important is to open up that line of communication and to be able to talk to them. Well, what do you know about God? What do you think about God? What information are you getting on the streets that might be of value? <laughs> Street information <Yeah>. about God. <laughs> well, and, and so here's the situation. Let's say, you know, I go into a convenience store and I bump into a person, you know, and I say, oh, excuse me, I'm really sorry about that. And I turn and walk away. I'd like to think, you know, my kids pick up the value that it's just nice you know it's just courteous to be polite and kind to people there's no need for confrontation right um they could take away that or they could think you know oh my dad is weak and doesn't want a confrontation with this person so i don't know that they're picking up that value just because they Mm. observed an interaction you know what i mean i don't know that because they see the way that i act they're picking up you know on the same behaviors i don't know i
1: think they might though okay so maybe they don't see it if you bump into a stranger that's your size in in the store right but maybe if you bump into your kid who's half your size in your house and you behave the same way i don't think they're mistaking that for you being weak because you're obviously much larger than them right (sighs) they're i think they're gonna see that as you know oh hey he's he's a kind dude he's not worried about you know it's not about who's right or wrong in this he's sorry that you guys bumped into each other
0: yeah and i mean when and i thought some about like, okay, so what values or beliefs did I get from my parents? Mm -hmm. And what, you know, what do I think about them and their values? And what do I feel like I got from them and their values? And that was interesting to think about, you know, because, you know, I admire my dad. He's a very respectable person. He has a good moral character. Um, My mom had a good moral character. Um, both of them were hardworking, um, you know, so there are some values that I got from them, but they were, they were never conversations that we had. We never talked about the values of our home and why we do the things we do. And I do believe my wife and I do that with our kids. You know, why do we volunteer time to outside organizations? Why do we go to recovery meetings and go to these recovery events or go speak at these things? Like those are things that we've actively talked about, you know, balancing out that time between family and work and recovery. You know, those things are are conversations that we have with our kids. Man. So I just think there's so many revelations along with this
1: conversation. And you just kind of gave me another one about what my parents gave me, uh, (laughs) but we'll we'll hit all that stuff right after we you know stop for this voices ad we'll be right back all right so here we are we're back to the topic uh so i think one of the things originally i thought before you brought this topic up a few days ago to me was that i live in spiritual principles to the best of my ability does that look excellent in my household absolutely not right i still carry with me a lot of stuff that I was given from my parents that maybe not the greatest. And there's a lot of moments in my life where I'm like, ah, I wish I'd have done that different. Right. But for, there's also a lot of really good moments. And I'm like, man, these are going to pass on God to my kids. Right. They're going to see how I act. They're going to see these moments of like peacefulness and calm and love and good parenting. And they're going to say, I understand God now. And I don't know how the (laughs) fuck I thought that was going to work. Right. Right. And so in asking my kids directly, like, do they believe in God? And what do they know about God? I realized that that was not fucking true. And I was heartbroken. And then we had a Facebook post, which we'll talk a little bit about, um, that, you know, some other people weighed in on it. And and one guy kind of made a point. um, So he said it wasn't so much about giving them God, right? So his initial post was more about the fact that he, he did a thing where him and his daughter were going to a park and then he had to stop and mail some N.A. literature to somebody in another state. And his daughter was asking questions about it. Um, and she said, do you know the lady? And he was like, no, I don't. You know, I just I'm just doing it. And that was kind of all that was said. But then apparently when the lady got it, she posted it on Facebook that somebody else had given it to her. Uh, you know, from out of state, just went out of their way to send it to her, and all this, and it got all these, you know, likes and comments from around the world. It was like twenty different states, fifteen different countries, and apparently, he showed that and shared that with his daughter that like one little act of kindness can, you know, affect all these people, and the the whole ripple in the pond effect. You huh. throw a rock in, and it just spreads out, and so. He shared that, and my first thought was like, oh, you didn't give her a fucking God, bro. Like, that's not what the hell I asked, right? right? And and then he he commented back, and we had a little dialogue. And I didn't say that. I was just, like, trying to understand better, right? And, and eventually, and his name was Patrick, he said, uh, he kind of got the point across to me that maybe it's not God specifically that I'm trying to give my kids or that I thought they were going to get. It's just the principles I live in of, like, being – a good person and treating other people with kindness and compassion and showing love to people, whether you know them or not, and, you know, treat others like you want to be treated and, and all that good stuff. And that was kind of a revelation in my thinking, okay, maybe I didn't fail or fuck this up completely. Or like, maybe these are things they are going to have is some compassion for people. Maybe it's not about the God thing, right? I, I was thinking they were going to get God from that, but maybe they just got my actions and how I live. And that was a little comforting. I, I don't know that I necessarily need to pass on God. My fear is that if they don't have God, they're not going to be able to live in these ways. Because me personally, I am not kind, compassionate, or loving without God. Right. If I don't have that source of strength, I'm a fucking jerk. (laughs) Right. And so I'm like, well, what good is it for them to try to live these actions if they don't have something that can help them live these actions when it's hard to? Because it's fucking hard for me. Maybe it's not hard for them. Maybe they'll have an easy life of being nice to people. But that was my little fear of them not having God. But I think I don't need them to have God. I need them to have the, you know, goodness of heart to treat people well.
0: Yeah. And some things depend on their age, you know, and where they're at in emotional development. And by that, I can say that the conversation that I have with my 17-year-old is very different than the conversation that I have with my 11-year-old, right. you know, just in depth of thought and the context of ideas that I presented to her and him, you know, it's it's a different conversation. Um, but one of the things that, so the principle of recovery that becomes important to me in our particular fellowship Um, I talk about, you know, what we kind of think addiction is and kind of where it comes from and part of it in there in one of our pamphlets talks about never seeming to outgrow the self-centeredness of the child Mm. and always feeling a dependence only on ourselves and not relying on powers outside of ourselves to help us get through life. And this being a vital skill that you need to have in your development as an adult, you know, you need to realize that you can't you know, we're not an island all unto ourselves. We need the help of others, of powers greater than ourselves. And so with my 17-year-old, as we're having this conversation, I try to not get hung up on the God word, um, only because in society nowadays, just in general, churches are dying off, you know, this concept of God is, is, as we develop more scientific ideas you know it's just not as popular as it used to be whatever you want to call it having a magical creator in the sky that wished everything into existence you know
1: some of that yeah there's a (laughs) lot of
0: challenges to those ideas nowadays and whether you believe them or not isn't isn't what's important it's just there are and so you know with her you know she obviously gets some influence from us but she's going to get influence from her friends and her peers and people at their school and like what I found interesting with all three of my kids, the, the people that run their school are great people. They get to a small school. There's only 30 students in their school. It's a, what's called a free democratic school. That's a whole another side conversation, but it's like a little small school. It's only run by a handful of people. And the people that run the school are very religious and they are kind, compassionate, loving people. I'm glad that they have been involved in the raising of my children. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't overly push those Christian values onto people, but you can see those values, the the best of all of them in the way they run their school. In any case, I was surprised to find out that none of my kids are what I would consider Christian. They've right. all been introduced to Christian ideas. They've been involved with Christian churches. They're around people who are heavily Christian, um, but they're just not Christian. They don't really buy into the Bible. And I don't know why I haven't, maybe I have down talked it to them. I don't think that I have, but maybe I have in different conversations. Um, and I don't know that I, well, one thing I found interesting was that all the influence in their life is Christian. They don't really have any Muslim influence. They don't have any Unitarian influence. They don't have any Jewish influence. It's like everyone in their world, you know, is Christian or atheist or agnostic, Mm you (laughs) know, so they don't get any other influence Mm -hmm. other than that. Um, The other thing with my 17 year old was the more important question that I had for her was, do you have a belief in powers greater than yourself and what are they and what things can help you in life when you run into challenges and struggles that you can't overcome by yourself? You know, that I felt like was an important idea And she had the, what I'll consider the right answers. I was proud, you know, and again, I don't feel like this is anything I particularly did. Um, She just seemed to be able to say, she said, yeah, well, if I can't, you know, overcome things by myself, I have people I can go to. I can go to people at the school for advice or you guys for advice, or I can go to my friends for advice, but I look to other people to help me overcome challenges and struggles. And I thought, wow, that's great, because I don't know that I felt that way at 17. I definitely
1: did not feel that way. Yeah, I wasn't going
0: to go ask my parents for advice. I wasn't going to go ask somebody for advice. You know, I had to figure out everything on my own. That's what made me a man. You know, that's what made me, you know, an adult was figuring everything out on my own.
1: Do you now see it's interesting you say that's what made you a man. Do you think there's a difference there, a fundamental difference between the way men and women are raised? uh,
0: So where women are
1: allowed to ask for advice, but men aren't at 17?
0: Uh, I can't honestly say, I don't
1: know. Interesting idea. Yeah. I'm not sure either, honestly. Um, so I, okay. So just getting into a little bit of what I asked my kids, I asked them those same questions, you know, do you believe in God and what do you know about God? And of course my, my five-year-old, uh, he said, yes, emphatically, he believed (laughs) in God, right? And I said, so what does that mean? What happens when you believe in God? He said, I don't know. And I was like, well, what do you know about God? He's like, oh, it's probably like that bad word. Like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And then he said, that's all I know. And I was like, that's fucking beautiful for a five-year-old. And then I asked one of my 14-year-old, I got twin 14-year-old daughters. And and she said uh, she didn't know if she believed in God, right? And I was like, okay. So I said, well, what do you know? And and this is where I started running into exactly what you just shared, that everything my children know probably comes from Hollywood or people around them. And all of that shit is Christian, right? Mm-hmm. And look, I say all that shit is Christian. I don't have any problem with Christianity, right? Jesus seemed cool as shit. I love the parables in the Bible. Is it my belief system? No, but I don't have any beef with it. My I think my beef is just that it's the only thing they're exposed to, right? right? I'd love them to have a more diversified exposure and then be able to choose what they wanted. I don't, I'm not against Christianity whatsoever. I think any form of religion that leads you to be a better human and that makes you feel happy and and connected and loved inside is a great thing personally. Um, but this is where I got that. So she said what she knows about God, Jesus is his son. He supposedly created the earth and stuff. (laughs) Uh, she thinks people made up God to blame their problems on. <laughs> that was that's interesting, good, right? Yeah. And then she said, or for hope. And then she kind of wrapped all that up and said, she thinks people made up God to explain things. And I was like, that's pretty interesting, right? I don't, maybe that came from my skepticism. I don't know, yeah. right? That was very odd for her. And so then we started getting into an argument <laughs> because she, she used the word higher power, that she kind of believed in a higher power but not so much a God. And I was like, well, why can't you use the word God? It's three letters, one syllable, way quicker than higher power. Higher power is like four syllables, takes a while. And she's like, well, when I think of God, I think of punishing and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, well, why would, why does that have to be what God is? And she's like, we had this argument about Samantha like that's not what God is but that's what the word God makes me think of and I'm like well how does the word God make you think of that if that's not what the fuck you think about God right like it was very interesting but I get it so, being raised catholic the whole right. punishing god and and hell and burning for eternity like I kind of thought God was vindictive too until I came to another understanding of it um anyway my other 14 year old daughter she said that she did believe in God And she knows that he created Jesus and Mary uh, and he helps out when you need it. And no one knows what he looks like. And he's a spirit, kind of, and can send angels. (laughs) uh, Look, this is the wrong reaction as a parent to have for your children. But when she said he can send angels, I fucking lost it. I was like, really? You think he can send angels? Like, this just blew my fucking mind. I was like, I can't believe. I, I believe some absurd shit, right? And I can't believe that she believes that. Um, and then my, my guy who just turned 11, he said that he does believe in God. Uh, he doesn't know what he knows, but he created earth people and to live, a, he created people to live a good life and then people mistreated him and he didn't like it. And now they have a bad life. Hmm. And I was like, well, that's an interesting <laughs> goddamn take, <laughs> right? Like, where does this shit come from? Yeah, right. And, and I, I don't know. I was just kind of blown away that everything they knew was Christian. Yeah. Every last thing it was all about, you know. This, this Jesus thing and, and you know, that uh, heaven or hell idea or angels. And I don't know. It was just really interesting to hear their answers and highly entertaining. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I was enjoying every minute of it, but it was really interesting to see that their concept of God looks nothing like mine, but I don't know why I thought it would, right? I've <laughs> right. never ever told them my belief about God. Right. I've said, I believe, and I've said some, you know, very random generalized statements, but I've never told them my specific belief about what I think God is. Why did I think they would have that? (laughs) I have
0: no idea. And so, and part of this, what was interesting is exactly that revelation for myself. It's like, huh, I will talk about these things, but I don't, I can't say that I specifically ever talked with my children about these principles. And these are principles that I think are critical to having a good life. You know, the the spiritual principles and learning to be spiritual. So for me, a lot of this maybe was hopefully a beginning of an ongoing conversation that can happen, not just a, you know, oh, I did that. Now that's done. You know, let's cross that box and we're done. We talked about God. But, (laughs) you know, the concept of of God and spirituality and religion, I mean, the, the truth is for me, it's been an ongoing exploration, even now, you know, it's almost like we talked about with same relationships earlier. It's like, here I am at 45. I've been seeking out this information for a long time, you know, from all kinds of different sources, and I still don't have a clear answer. So, you know, what I hope to give my children is at least some direction, you know, maybe on what I believe and why I believe those things and seeing so that they can see how that plays out in my life. You know, for example, you know, having the conversation about, you know, we're why we're kind, why we're generous to other people, why we have compassion for other people, um, and and what that looks like and what that feels like. It feels good to be kind to other people. You know, right. my my spirit, my soul you know, is, is happier when I'm being kind and compassionate to other people. That's why I just don't go out and do a bunch of shit that's self-serving and self-seeking and and selfish. You know, when I live that way, it caused a lot of harm and I didn't feel good about the person that I was. Right. So I kind of came to the conclusion, a very 12 step program of me that
1: I don't really want to give them my God. I want to give them the ability to search and look for their own (laughs) God, you know, very much like we do in, in the program and the fellowship, like it's not for us to assign you a God and tell you which one you need to do, like find your own way. Right. Um, you mentioned some of the the volunteering, like before we moved up here, when we were down in Baltimore, we used to volunteer pretty frequently with the United Way because they had some really neat family volunteer uh, uh, times to, to do things and events. And I've just found that since we moved up here, that has not been Something we're capable of doing anymore, and I'm sad because I kind of like the fact that we would take a few hours on a Saturday here and there and, and do something like that. It, I do feel like that exposure was good, right? And maybe we need to find a way to do that up here. Um, it's been tough with being in like this year of grad school. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of swamped in their sports and my schooling and assignments and all this shit going on. Uh, I don't want to make excuses, right? It is a lot going on right now, but that is something I miss: is the opportunity to say, "Hey." we show up and help people. Um, The unfortunate part of that is because they're kids and under 18, most of the times they can't interact directly with people that we're helping. It's kind of behind the scenes stuff, which is still cool, but I I really wish they got to interact with people. Um, I think that's crucial for understanding why we help people. And and part of feeling thankful and that feeling you were just talking about, I think you get that from interacting directly with people, not so much for, for doing the behind the scenes work all the time.
0: Yeah. And, and one of the things I'll say like about Christian values and helping other people, like I am personally, I'm quick to point out to my kids a lot of what I feel like, you know, the lessons that we hear about in the Bible and Jesus, even not being, you know, what I would consider Christian. There's some great parables and stories in there that are really awesome (laughs) stuff. And, you know, about, you know, kindness to others and not putting down people that are less than you. And, you know, the sort of, splinter in your own eyes, stuff. you know, it's like all those, when those opportunities and lessons come up, I'll talk to my kids honestly about that. Like, look in the Bible, they talked about this. And this is one of those things that, you know, when we talk about Jesus, this is a value that he had, because I would hope that let's say they do decide, yes, I want to be Christian and I want to believe in these values. I would hope they're going to pick a church or an organization that pushes those values a little harder than the churches that push you know, the judgments and criticisms and, you know, we hate fags kind of places, you know what I mean? Because those are all different takes on Christianity and there are better and worse takes on that (laughs) stuff, you know, judged by everybody. (laughs) Right. And so if they, uh, you know, if they do decide that's a road they want to explore, I would hope that they realize that there are some good things within that, religion i mean i've i've met some people along the path in recovery that just totally shit all over christianity or any Mm. church or any organized religion because they've had some bad experiences right and it's like you know open your eyes up to there are some incredibly caring giving compassionate human beings that are doing it in the name of god you know in the name of jesus um, and it should just because they believe in that book should not devalue their efforts or charity that they're given to the world.
1: I think you're actually going to make me read the Bible again. Yeah. <laughs> I also I love the
0: parables honestly, and I, I frequently
1: uh, espouse them, even though that might not be my belief. I think there's some really good lessons in there, and I I've probably forgotten a couple of the better ones, so I, I might need to reread that, Rick. Rick on Facebook, when we had the conversation, did mention uh, the good old acronym for the Bible, which was basic instructions before leaving earth. And I (laughs) I hadn't heard that one for a while. I do like Uh, that one. Maybe maybe that's uh, maybe that's the sign that I need to do you know, some more reading again from there. Uh, Another, another guy, Ricky, not Rick this time said you can religiously speak to kids about God and principles without being part of a religion, right? When we talk about religiously doing it regularly or or Hmm. frequently. And I think you kind of mentioned that instead of just having this conversation and checking it off, like maybe this is something I need to have a conversation about more often. Like, how do you feel about God? Or even how do you feel about treating people? Like, Hey, here's a situation we're looking at in front of us. How would you act in this situation, right? I had a situation recently, not so much spiritual principles, I, I guess. I don't know. We were at Target. My son had a gift card from Christmas. It was all my whole family. My mom came out to hang out and everything. And one of the items my five-year-old wanted to buy apparently wouldn't ring up. And the lady said, oh, it's not supposed to be on, you know, out for sale yet. We're not allowed to sell it legally. Somebody put it out by accident. And I told him, I was like, hey, buddy, we we can't buy that one, right? No big deal. And he was all right. Now, apparently, he went over and told, you know, my mother that, his grandmother, that he was sad he couldn't buy it. And, And she, like wanted to lose her mind about it right (laughs) she was came to me are you going to talk to the the, you know the 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 desk manager right if it's on the shelf they have to sell it to them and all this stuff and look part of me understands that right kind of yeah i guess if it's on the shelf maybe i don't are they legally bound to sell it to you no i don't
0: fucking know probably not someone left their cell phone on the shelf they don't have to sell it to right well, so anyway but there's
1: no but price side and that's system. what I, that yeah, right. was my, I was like well if there's no price can i just walk out the door with it right like <laughs> right. it's free uh you know that good old thing that I, nobody laughs at anymore um so i did i did go up and ask right and it turned out that for whatever reason it, it didn't say it was restricted and he was able to buy it right but i don't know that i believe in in her take on it that companies should hold themselves responsible for every ten dollar an hour employee that they put out there. That's not paying attention. Like right. I don't know that that's fair, <laughs> right? It's if not. I ran a store, I would not want to be held accountable just because I can't afford to pay people more because people want goods at really cheap prices. Right. Like, I don't know. Like it's, what do you want? You know, do you want great service and you want the store accountable? All right. Well, now you need to pay double for every good that you ever want to purchase from this store. Cause we need to pay our people $20 an hour. So that they give a fuck. Right. <laughs> uh, or do you want cheap prices? Well, then you're going to have to deal with the fact that sometimes we screw up. And I don't, I I guess I was asking my kids. I'm like, look, just to clarify,
0: even if you charge exorbitant prices, you still screw up. Everyone makes mistakes. mistakes. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) No, 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 I got you.
1: So I was just talking to my kids about like, what do you believe is the right thing to do there? Like, I don't feel like I'm entitled to the point where the store must make it right for me. I'm not a fan of the customer's always right. Usually they're right. Not always, Right. I thought it was a good chance to teach my five-year-old that sometimes you get disappointed, right? Sometimes yeah. things don't go the way you hope. She looked at it as a, the store better make this right. And I'm like, I see that a lot in that generation of people. And I'm not trying to go into the whole OK Boomer uh, conversation, <laughs> but it's like I do see that there's a lot of entitlement, which is interesting because I feel like that's the generation that says kids are entitled.
0: Yeah, And and this is where it sort of transitions into that weird conversation. Uh, god's will conversation i just had this again with my wife yesterday Mm. a similar conversation that we have (laughs) like is it god's will that your son walk out with this thing or not walk out with this thing and if he gets it it's god's will and if he doesn't get it it's god no like just to me personally like so the most important lesson there is just to, from my perspective not Mm. anything else is that none of that Surfacey shit matters. What matters is how do I speak to and deal with the people that I come in contact with? Am I respectful? Am I courteous? Am I kind? You know, even when I make my point, Hey, look, this is on the shelf. My son really wants it. Is there something you can do? Is there some way we can buy this? You know, is, is it more important that I deal with it that way? Or is it, you know, that I yell and scream and act like a jerk, you know, even if I'm right, To me personally, even if I'm right and I yell and scream and disrespect someone or act like a jerk, I still lose. You know, if I walk out the door with that thing, I still suffer a spiritual consequence, you know, And, and it may even be the consequence of, well, I got what I wanted by being a bully and an asshole. So that's how I need to deal with life. My first
1: sponsor used to say, no matter how right you are, as soon as you act in those kind of ways you just described, you're instantly wrong now. Right. (laughs) And and that's kind of how
0: I look at it too, is like, you know, what's important here is that you know, how do I deal with this conflict right. or this situation that's in front of me? What's the person that I want to be in this? How do I, you know, and again, back to those Christian values. I try to treat people how I want to be treated. Right. You know, we make mistakes at my job. I have to answer. I'm a supervisor, so I have to answer for the decisions of people that I didn't make those decisions, but I got to answer for them. And and sometimes they make mistakes. And how do I act when they make mistakes? And, right. You know, it's it's difficult to to keep our spiritual principles at the forefront of, you know, wanting to be right and wanting to be, you know, correct (laughs) and and get what we want. (laughs) I absolutely love that take
1: you have on that concept of God's will or not. Right. I think it's a beautiful thing and a a super useful take on it to remember, you know, how am I behaving in this situation? I, I think it's great for that. I still believe it's God's will that he had it because he walked <laughs> right. out with it, right? right. I, I'm a, a past or a past tense God's willer, right? <laughs> if it fucking happened, it was God's will. Right. If it didn't, it wasn't. And that's just my my belief in the matter. But I, I truly I do love your your the way you see that, right? I think that's a, a hugely useful tool in in spiritual principle
0: uh actions in my life. Um But that's a part of so as I'm teaching my kid about God, like that's a lesson that I think is important. You know what I mean? That's the lesson that I think is important for them to take away is how we treat and act towards other people matters. You know, everyone else, the clerk at Walmart, that's a 17 year old kid. That's not doing what I want them to do. Just because I'm a 45 year old man doesn't mean I get the right to disrespect them or them to disrespect me. I mean, it's goes both ways. You know, people disrespect me. I tend to speak up and say, hey, I don't appreciate the way you're, you know what I mean? Like, wow, do you really have to go to insults and stuff? Is this where right. we need to go with this conversation? <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't think my take on that is giving them like what they need to believe is God's will or not. It's more about uh, I would like you to find purpose in life that makes this easier for you to accept. Right. And And for me, my life is more easily accepted when I believe that it's all God's will and all lining up for me to be exactly where I need to be to fulfill my purpose. Hmm. And so that makes it very easy for me to surrender to concepts. Not easy for me to surrender easier for me to surrender to concepts. I don't like going on in my life, right? Oh, this shit isn't what I want. It's slightly easier for me to be okay with it. If I believe that it's supposed to be happening
0: than if I don't, that pisses me the fuck off. when I and I kind of get that. I mean, I guess like with the back to the God's will conversation, it, it's kind of like I just think bad things happen and good things happen and it's not some divine being making those decisions. You know, like that's where I, I struggle. I and it. It, it always goes back for me it always goes back to the same thing. And and this is terrible, not terrible to say, I guess. Um this is a hard place to start at, but it's like If there's this loving, caring God that's greater than me, did I really need to get sexually abused as a kid to learn some lesson, to have some skill later in life? Like, isn't there a fucking better way for me to get that lesson or skill or, you know, something like that's where I come from, you know, and I've tried to get past that. And I just can't you know i I, just can't let that one go you know i know it's not going to take
1: this but if i have to kidnap you and read (laughs) conversations with god to you that's what i'm going to do
0: you have to read that what's on my next it's it'll be my next book i'm getting through this i'm doing the fentanyl ink (laughs) one right now which is really good that's a whole interesting conversation but that's i'll get that one i figured you were going to i just i i can't wait to have conversations about
1: (laughs) your take on it and what I think you're going to, I'm not saying you'll change any of your views. I think you will think a lot about your views. And I'm very interested in our our conversations
0: about that. And so with my kids now, um, another, what I'll call God value that I think is important to let them know is that I don't know that I'm right. Mm -hmm. You know, I am completely capable of being wrong, you know, and that that's okay. And that right now I'm exploring and gathering information and making the best decisions that I can, you know, with the information that I have, because again, knowing myself, you know, there was a period of years where we were heavily involved with a Christian church and now we're not, you know? And so, and my kids might remember some of that. They were, you know, old enough that, they may remember some of those experiences and who's to say a year from now, I'm not Jewish or Muslim mm-hmm. or Mormon. You know, That's we funny. went out to Utah, spent some time out in Utah. If I would have stayed out there too much longer, I'd have probably become a Mormon. Right. <laughs> I started reading the book of Mormon just out of curiosity. Cause I'm like, huh, what is this about? You know, right. I hear all the crazy stuff. I've seen the book of Mormon a couple of times. It's pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I started just reading the book of Mormon just to check it out. But, You know, letting them know and understand, like, no one's got all the answers to this. No one knows really what's exactly right. Um, If I had to consider myself anything now, because we did talk a little bit about the differences between, you know, religion and spirituality and agnosticism and atheism Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of what those differences are. I would probably say right now I'm an atheist, you know, or agnostic. I'm sorry. I'm not an atheist. I'm an agnostic. Like, I don't really know. I'm just guessing. (laughs) It's the way I kind of feel like. Um, But I can live spiritually and practice spiritual principles in my life um, because I believe that makes me the best version of myself that I can be right
1: yeah I don't uh I don't know necessarily that I have a title for what specifically I believe in or that I need one or or any of that right I really don't know um but I do believe in something I know that for sure so I I don't fit nicely and neatly into any of the categories I guess I I don't know when you said uh telling my kids I'm not right my whole body just like tightened up. I was like <laughs> I'm fucking, I like to be right. Right. I like to think that because I think the way I think that there's maybe a little more reason to believe in my, you know, thinking than somebody else's. <laughs> uh, and that's not really true. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I have some ideas about what could be happening here in life a- and afterwards. Uh, but I don't really fucking know. Right. I- I'm kind of unsure and scared like everybody else about it all. Um, you know, so uh, to get back a little bit to the the topic of giving this to our kids without religion, I think one of the things I found jealousy in is that religion kind of got this part right, right? They they have the ability to pass on God through this practice of going to a worshiping place mm-hmm. every week. Uh, whereas people who don't necessarily buy into a religion, or I don't want to say buy into, just don't believe in a specific religion— <laughs> They lose that ability to have
0: that, right? Um, and I, I think you and I might have talked about this and I talked about this with my wife. I'm like, so where do people go to learn how to live? Like if you're a young man in your early 20s and you want to start learning about how to be live by values and be a good person and, and be of moral character, like, where do you go to get support? For that kind of stuff, if you're not a twelve step group or a church, <laughs> right? No, <laughs> there doesn't absolutely. seem to be a place for you to go to get that
1: information. And that's incredible. So, and this is why I've always thought that, um, you know, uh, we took the unfortunate route to a blessing, right? Like, yeah, the part of our lives that were in the active use were awful, uh, but now that we've decided to get clean, sober, whatever you'd like to call it, for you know, quit acting out, we have the ability to have this place where we can go find these spiritual principles and, and, and seek a better life and a more fuller, richer experience in life for ourselves. And other people don't have that. Right. What I have found on some Reddit posts is that people are out there looking for that. I was shocked. I didn't think people gave a fuck. I'm like, ah, they're just out there being earthling (laughs) assholes, right? No, they care. Some of them want to know. Some of them are looking for exactly what you just said, and it doesn't really exist. Um, and so I, I think that's interesting. And I kind of hope that's somewhere along the way of where this podcast ends up falling into, right? A place where people can come and, and you can look us up on Twitter and Instagram and have these conversations about continuing to grow in life and, and really enjoy ourselves. And I don't think it has to be recovery specific or mental health specific. It's just, man, how do we be good fucking people and like ourselves at some point?
0: Yeah. And one of the things talking yesterday, uh, we were actually talking a little bit about some of this with, uh, my wife's family had to get together and we were talking with her sister who is, uh, very Christian again, involved with a church there, uh, uh, I forget which religion, but they're, you know, really actively involved with a church that does a lot of community efforts. And anyway, she was talking about how membership in churches is down and their membership in their church is down. And it's all older people now. They don't have younger people coming in. But one of the things that she said that we found interesting was that a lot of people are going to this stuff online now because there may be different if you're Christian. There's all kinds of Christian pastors that you Mm. can see online now that are you know you can go watch this stuff at your convenience um and that made me think there are some people out there again whether you agree with their views or not you know there are people like i'll just say like a Sam Harris who is like an atheist but believes in being in moral values or maybe he's not an I guess he is an atheist. I think he calls himself an atheist. But anyway, someone that isn't in an organized religion is actually against organized religion but still believes in being a good person for different reasons and he's got all his logic and reason for all that. Uh there's another guy wrote a book um Jordan Peterson wrote a book about same thing, sort of living values and what those values should be and how to practice them in your life and Um, again, not that I think they're necessarily the end all be all of it. They're just two that I happen to know about that are people that aren't now Jordan Peterson is more religious. Um, he believes in religion, but for probably a different reason than, or I would say a different take on it than most religious scholars, if you will. Um, so there is information online for some of that stuff, but it's also what's lacking is just a group where you can go actually talk to somebody about, Hey, I'm having this struggle in my life with my wife or with my kids. And as another man, who's trying to live these spiritual values and principles, what does this look like? And how do we do that?
1: Right. Yeah, I I think you're right. And I think, unfortunately, fortunately, I don't know. I think church becomes the default place for people to go, even when they don't specifically believe in the religions rules. They just want that vibe. Right. Right. I think people, a lot of people go there just for that and, and don't, they're like, yeah, the rules, whatever that's over there. Like I'm here for this community of people trying to be better people. Right. Um, I've definitely gotten that from people.
0: Yeah. And the struggle I think becomes like when you're in church and this was my struggle is like, you're not allowed to openly pick and choose which ones you want to believe in a church. It's like an all or nothing. Like you got to be all in or not all in, but you can't, actively say you're only like 70 percent in or 60 percent in you know that tends to get frowned on yeah <laughs> right. well i think you had said you went to a is a unitarian yeah. church at some point i know there's there's some of those out there i've never been to one but i've kind of heard of a couple different ones that do different things uh so I, yeah so i
1: did i went to a unitarian church i thought well maybe this will fit in with what i believe because it, you don't have to specifically follow any god to be there right it's just people who believe in something and want to get together in fellowship. So maybe that is kind of the place to go for people who don't mm-hmm. want that. But I didn't feel like it was, it didn't seem focused on, Hey, let's live a better life. I'm sure that was in there. Uh, and I only went like four times. It was more, you know, Hey, let's worship together in a way that doesn't really counteract anybody's particular beliefs. We just kind of show up and do this together. And it was nice in that sense. I didn't mind it. I just didn't, I didn't feel like I clicked much with the group of people there too well and, and it was really inconvenient it wasn't close by we were driving to Newark every day to to do it which is about 35 minutes and my kids hated getting up and having to go and it was a little rough for other reasons I, I think that's why we stopped not so much that I disliked it in any way Um
0: and and I, I mean that's, and this is a little bit off but it's always funny like I've always struggled with the whole worship thing like maybe because yeah. I'm an egomaniac <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and I recognize what a what a, a bad character trait that is. I'm like, do I really want my higher power to be an egomaniac? You yeah, know, like that's such a shitty characteristic to have. Like he needs me to worship him and bow down and, right. you know, like that's yeah. a little strange. Um, <laughs> there's one we agree on. I'm not big on
1: that either. Like why does my God need me to do that for him, right? right. I don't know. I, I'm not a fan. I, I think I'm reverent. Like in prayer, I enjoy bowing my head. That's kind of important to me. But yeah, I don't need to do much beyond that, right? I don't, I don't know. It's really weird <laughs> for me. Um, so one of the things uh, uh, Emmy on Twitter had pointed out that she is somewhat religious, but her daughter knows mostly what she sees, which is uh, that Emmy prays and meditates, and she didn't she didn't feel like there was a whole big problem with passing it on. And I was a little intrigued by that because, like, I pray and meditate, but not openly like nothing my kids would ever see it's a pretty private practice that i do you know solo in my own room i don't really and i've thought about praying with my wife before i i even asked her i believe at one point and and i think we tried i know thinking about it i was like that would be awkward as fuck right but i was willing to try and i just don't think the practice stuck but but emmy mentions that uh she's been saying prayers with her kids before bed as long as she can remember and her husband and her pray together every morning since, um, before the kid was born. And so, and she mentions it helps to have both parents in recovery and committed to the same sort of spiritual practice. And I thought that was an interesting take on it, right? Like for one, I don't know why I don't openly pray. Uh, but it does seem awkward to me to openly pray. Like it's definitely a very personalized thing. And I'm wondering, like, I I get how convenient it would be to have both partners in a marriage on the same spiritual page right that sounds very easy but do you have to be in order to make it work like that seems like most people are not going to be on the same spiritual page at this point in life to
0: be able to do that yeah me and my wife i guess we're close but not exactly the same you know and i think it i think we agree on most of the biggest points you know we share the same values on what i would consider the bigger ideas so we don't get too hung up but like say her wanting to be a part of a christian church and do that like i encourage that i'm like hey i think it's great i think you should do it i don't think you should try to make me do it you know <laughs> right. and i don't think you should try to make the kids do it i encourage them to go with her i'm like hey go check it out and again there's some really good stuff there they teach some really good lessons there's some really good advice you might get some really good tools there right but you know, for me, it's not a thing that I try to talk her out of either. You know, I don't try to convince her that I'm right. Right. You know, I think that's important. Um, yeah. And I can't remember the other thing she mentioned in the beginning that you had talked about and I thought was pretty good. Um, oh, it was the open meditation. So my mm-hmm. kids know that I meditate. We've done, practices of trying to make them meditate with us we have forced them to do it um same we had well for a period of time when we did our traveling we did homeschooling and Mm -hmm. so as part of homeschooling you know I had decided that I was going to make meditation a part of that and it didn't go over so well you know it was a struggle it was difficult it ruined the meditation for me um so now again it's one of those things that They know that I do. I am, I wouldn't say overly open about, but they know that I meditate on a pretty regular basis. Occasionally I throw it out there to them. Hey, you want to meditate with me? I get up, you know, I meditate, right? You know, if you want to do it sometime, here's the real benefits, you know, or they'll bring up issues that they're struggling with. And I'll say, Hey, meditation can help you with this. If you want to meditate, there's some kids meditations. I've tried to make them listen to kids meditations in the car, (laughs) you know, at different times on the ride home from school. Um, things like that. So I present the ideas, but ultimately I try not to force feed anything down their throat. And I try to let them know, like, these are tools and these are the benefits. And if you're ready, when you're ready, you know, this is here and it's really can be helpful. Right.
1: I I forced my kids to do some meditation, some guided ones. I thought that was the best way to go. And, uh, I do also know that, like, forcing them will only push them away from it. But I I had to expose them to it at some point. They will never choose that themselves, right? Uh, And so it was – well, let me not say they'll never choose it themselves. It didn't seem at the time that they were going to choose it themselves in any, you know, quick amount of time. So I I gave it to them, and they weren't super thrilled with it. It wasn't terrible. It didn't go awful. But especially the younger one, just – he doesn't sit still well at all to begin with, so it was somewhat of a disaster. But, yeah, I like her points. I just. I guess, because my practices aren't open and in front of everyone, I, I don't know how I would give that to them. I guess we could pray at night, but then I'm almost forcing them to believe there's a God. And I guess, I, I don't know, the more I think about this, the less I understand about it, honestly, right? You said the thing at the beginning about what your parents gave you, and I'm like, my parents took me to church and and, and in classes for CCD for, for Catholic stuff. And that didn't fucking help me at all. Yeah, right. like, I, they gave me God. And it, right. was, it was not a very useful version of God. And, uh, you know, Stephanie on, on Facebook mentioned that she picked up on her dad's skepticism. Right. And I was like, well, this is a weird fucking thing. I was talking about God. You're talking about skepticism. <laughs> what she got to was kind of the idea that like, it wasn't about believing or not believing. Right. It was just about like judging things that were important. And that's what she got from her father was kind of that discernment to, think for herself, not automatically believe anything that she hears or is told and, and come to some conclusions about the way the world works and what's important and ultimately spiritual principles that mattered to her, right? Figuring her out and how to do that. And she got a lot of that later in life from watching her father earlier in life. I guess the lessons kind of you know came back to her
0: as she worked some of this program. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. And to speaking back to the open prayer. So right now in my life, I am not what I would consider an active prayer. I don't pray on a regular basis. I meditate, but I don't pray. Um, And I have different reasons for that and different justifications for my lack of effort there. But at times I have prayed and my wife and I have, you know, did a regular practice of prayer together. Um, She really liked that. I think she misses it now. What happened for me was it sort of became this, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, like sort of rigid, stoic thing that I felt like I was just going through the motions of that lost a lot of meaning to. right? And so I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, and I don't know about it. now. I'm like, well, maybe I should go back and do it strictly for her benefit. Like if she gets something out of it and it's good for her, then great. Why does it got to be all about me? Um, but I noticed for me at the time, so that's why we kind of stopped and we had prayed with our kids at times when we were involved with the, the Christian church, we used to pray at night all the time. We used to pray before meals, things like that. See,
1: I think that's where the religion piece comes in to help. It's almost like things that they talk about doing practices that they, you know, encourage pray at bedtime and and maybe pray in the morning or something. And since Emmy mentioned that she was kind of religious, maybe that's where that is coming from, right? Nobody told me in uh, maybe it's just the people I ran into, but nobody suggested to me, hey, you should pray at night, right? They they kind of let me in my 12 step program find my own spiritual path and practices that work for me. I don't get a whole lot of recommendations of how often I should pray or when or with yeah. who. Like I think religion's going to give me that. Right. So that's one thing that maybe again, maybe they got right as much as I have my criticisms of religion. They got a couple things that they do well. Um yeah. Another person, Mary, mentioned on Facebook that she was a little – she felt the same as me. Like when she went to talk to her kids about this after we brought it up, uh, she was a little disappointed too, right, in the responses she got. But we kind of came to the conclusion that a lot of times kids, from our understanding, as children and teenagers, we don't really take on the attributes of our parents And yet later on, as we mature into adulthood, those things kind of come back and become part of us, right? Like a lot of those, I don't expect my kids to be responsible right now and go to work every day. They would fucking blow that, right? They're terrible at that. But I do believe that it's possible that those parts of my character will show up for them later in life. And so maybe this is another area where that's the case, right? As a teenager, as a youth, they don't have the ability to take on these adult characteristics. And yet... Maybe they're still picking up on them and they'll they'll come out later. Um, and so that kind of comforted both of us, I think, to yeah. have that idea. Yeah. You know, even if it's complete bullshit, it, it was comforting to think about it, at least. Um, and then one just hilarious one, my, my buddy Jason said on Facebook that he he asked his kids, and I think I want to say they're like 9 and 10 or 10 and 11 or somewhere in that range. And uh, so one of his kids said that he believes in God and that God's birthday is on Christmas and he was hung, and he dated Adam and Eve. <laughs> and, uh, that was hilarious to me. Uh, and his, his daughter also had some stuff about being the enemy of the devil and, and making the earth in seven days. But, yeah, I, I just think it was a really entertaining exercise, if nothing mm-hmm. else, right? And, and a great starting point for where do I go from here now that I know I'm not necessarily doing a great job of just, you know, transferring God to my children through brainwaves and and thinking hard about it, right? Like, where do I go from here? And so I guess if you're out there, if you want an interesting experience, ask your children if they believe in God and what do they know about God?
0: Yeah. And some of it can be just fun, open conversations around dinner or around something to do. You know, it's with our kids, we don't always get to all sit down, all five of us together and have dinner. Um, that might happen just with as busy as we all are. That might happen once or twice a week, right. but there there's opportunities. And when that happens, I like to make them turn off all the electronics, put all that shit away. Let's sit here and kind of catch up. And just to have it as a sort of not so heavy thing. It's just an open, fun conversation. Hey, what do you think? This is what I think. How about that? Like you're right. talking about a TV show or a movie and just having that as an open line of communication, you know, again, so that when they do come to the hard spots or when they do get in a position of of being curious or confused, that that's something that they feel like, hey, we've talked about that before. Maybe that's a resource for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think we, uh, keeping it lighthearted, especially at first, just to get an understanding and, and have some fun with it was a very useful thing. I did see, and I warn you now, don't let your, uh, your your family household buttons come out because i did start to get an attitude with one (laughs) of my kids about the whole well if god's angry and all this right like uh, i i saw that come out and why there was no reason for that we were just having a fun so i caution you don't let that happen (laughs) um but i i do i would say man if you want to participate in this uh feel free to do this and leave us a message or, or or hit us up on you know twitter or instagram or I guess you could even look us up on Facebook. I don't give a shit. You'd have to know my last name, but whatever.
0: Yeah. Or if anyone has good ideas on how, how they've done this successfully with their kids or organizations that are doing it, you know, places that are open to teaching about spiritual living and spiritual principles that are family oriented. Like those are great information to have.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and we'd love to put that uh, out there to the rest of the world. We, we could put it on the next podcast, recap this a little bit. So if you got any experience with this that you would love to share with us, we'd love to hear it, uh, and I, I guess that's about all we got today. you got anything else going on? No, I think that's... All right, excellent. So come back, give us your experiences with giving God to your children or spirituality to your children, and we will see you next week. Have a great week. That wraps up this episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your preferred platform. If you have ideas for topics you'd like us to talk about or just want to add an opinion, contact us through Anchor, email us at of at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at recoverysortof.